Here we go. There you are, everybody. Let's go. The John Curley, Sherry Elliker Show, starring Sherry Elliker and Jacob. Oh, boy. How do how this happens? It happens every day. And I managed to forget. Uh, let's let's see. Last name Fonda. I'm gonna guess Jane then. Peter this, Fonda. Uh, okay. Good lord. <laughs> I like him. No, look at you. We'll dive in here today. <laughs> I would just stir just one year on this motorcycle. That was a chopper, American chopper, and somebody thought I was Peter Fonda, and I realized I kind of looked like Peter Fonda as long as I had my glasses, my sunglasses on. So people, hey, can I, hey, I hate to bother you, can I get a photo? I'm like, yep. And I just said, just keep the glasses on, keep the glasses on. There's Peter Fonda. How long ago was this? <laughs> oh, oh, excuse me. Sorry. <laughs> Peter like Fonda you. is dead? Again, Sherry, this is not where you break that news out to people. <laughs> well, I didn't know he was dead. I guess he has to be. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. What? Whoa. What? We don't start the show out with bad news for people like that. We ease him into it. He's okay. not well, or he's up on the roof, or something like that. All right, here we go. Let's get into it. Music, okay. please. Make it sound good. We're already over here. Let me just burst that out there for people. All right, uh, folks in Needham Claw, not happy. This is the same sort of thing that happened in Tenino. People upset. Uh, level three sex offender. That means you are more likely to offend. This guy served 20 years in McNeil Island. And then you can say, hey, listen, I want to get off the island. I've done my time. Put me in a community. They're going to put him in a community. They want to send him to Needham Claw. So they had this great big, uh, uh, town showed up there. The whole town shows up at this church. I think it was like February 9th or something like that. And it, it was not going terribly well. There was a lot of PowerPoint slides. A lot of people in Enum are like, yeah, they, we're not here for that. We were here for answers. And, you know, eventually they got more and more upset and then they kind of calmed them back down again. And then they got upset again. And then, it, then, um, somebody asked some question. Um, probably the thing that really upset people the most is someone there from some department, of the government said, um, making sure your children are safe. That's up to you. And people went nuts. And she said, no, no, what I mean is you should talk to your kids about, you know, doing it and couldn't get the crowd back again. But um, Fox 13 has been following this. And if you want to follow even more of it, you go to We the Governed. And uh, Glenn Morgan has been on this story for a while now as these towns find out that you're going to have a level three sex offender living in a house. Yes, they have a GPS um, tracking device on their ankle. But there's a whole bunch of other stuff that goes with it. And, well, the town uh, was protesting out in front of this house um, there. And uh, Q13. Parents clinging on to their children's hands are among the dozens of residents protesting in Enumclaw and Tenino. We love our kids. It's kids. It's our whole families. I feel angry. I feel scared. Don't surprise any more neighborhoods. Don't put any more children or women in danger of of assault. A real fear for Paul Hagen, who lives just across the street from a less restrictive alternative, LRA Community Housing in Enumclaw. Were you ever made aware that this was happening? Nope. An issue many say has been their biggest concern, not knowing what is happening in their communities. He's in our neighborhood. He is seeing our children. We're how many feet away from the bus stop? The bus stop is just right here. So 
just right here. Several neighbors say they've spent thousands of dollars adding to their home security systems and installing more lights to keep an eye on who comes on and off their property. While this first man is a child molester, who's to say what the next four or five men are? For all we know, their women are their target. So how do you think that makes me feel? Because I live in that house by myself. Not only are residents dealing with a new sense of insecurity, they say their home property values are dipping as a result. The LRA community housing looks like your average home right next door. There are 12 in Pierce County, 7 in King County. Snohomish and Spokane each have three. Thurston and Kitsap have two each, and there's one in Walla Walla. Only four are contracted through the Department of Social and Health Services. Those are in King, Pierce, Thurston, and Kitsap counties. The others are contracts between the provider and the court. Placements have been happening since the 90s, according to Governor Jay Inslee's office, who sent us this statement saying in part, quote, SB 5163 aimed to prevent one or two communities from having to absorb all those placements, particularly of individuals who aren't from there. The bill was passed during the 2021-2022 legislative session. We are actually calling on the governor to use his executive authority. Representative Dan Griffey helped sponsor House Bill 1813 and 1734, which would look at LRA sightings and help improve community outreach while putting a moratorium on releases. Those bills now dead, at least for this session. This is an issue that's going to affect a lot of people in Washington state. It's not a rural versus urban issue. It's not a them versus us issue. This is an issue for everyone. It can happen in your neighborhood. It's scary because you just know what's going to come next from this and that this state and these programs are allowing more victims like me to come out of this with lifelong lifelong trauma. So there's a bunch of twists and turns of this thing. There's all sorts of points of conflict, and here's one of them in particular. There's So the contract between DSHS and Garden House, that's the place, was signed by Jill Rockwell, and her husband, Rick, operates a polygraph company which DSHS contracts with when it comes to determine if Menil Island residents should be moved to a home like that. So then various elected officials pointed out that, well, it, 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 it seems like it's the fox watching the hen house. Apparently, the couple bought the house in May of 2022. The contract was signed in August of that same year, and uh, people are just concerned with their safety. You can sort of see this from both sides. The guy did 20 years, then he can petition to be off the island, Judge looks at it, then they determine through evaluation that, yep, you know, okay, we're going to let you go. You're out there. We're going to monitor you. Chances of reoffending when you're level three is very high. That's why you're level three. They said at this meeting they had on February 9th, you know, they've had zero recidivism. But then you can dig a little further and find out that sometimes 70% of sexual offenses are not reported and it doesn't have to be necessarily you going and grabbing somebody. It can be just other behavior as well. So the people of Enumclaw and now other counties, as they find out about this, are not happy that these men are being released, you know, within 500 feet of a bus stop or a school nearby or something like that. And the, the residents are saying, now we feel like the prisoners in our own home. 
Yeah, it's quite a dilemma because they are entitled to be released if a judge says it's time to go and they've served their time. So this happens all over the country. Where do you put people that potentially, I mean, because they've they've found, you know, many, many studies have shown that this is compulsive behavior and it's almost uncontrollable in some cases. Um, Mm -hmm. So how do you manage that? How do you how do you strike a balance between somebody's uh, legal right to be a, a member of society and get back into society and make sure that the public is safe uh, based on you know their past? So it's 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 very difficult. And what's adding to this is if there was you know some sort of profit seeking in that mm-hmm. you know the person that brokered the deal ends up profiting from this or at least was involved in the deal. Um, and I think we talked about it before. It's an exorbitant amount of money per month. Each person, it's it's a huge amount, right? I mean, it's... Uh, I think if you put five people in the home, you get like $135,000 a month. A month, right. And you have people that are there in the house. This is what we learned from the other one from Tonino. We got from Glenn Morgan. From We the Governed, you, so you put five people in the house, and then you have employees that are working in the house that spend, I think, two days or a few days of training that they get um, there in Olympia, and then they get, I don't know, certified or whatever to be in the home with the level three sex offenders. I mean, it just it sounds like a disaster waiting to happen. This person that's in there now, high risk, of reoffending, convicted of numerous sexual offenses related to sexual assault crimes, 1977, including communicating with a minor, immoral purposes, lewd conduct, first degree attempted statutory rape, first degree uh, child molestation. Uh, it, it is, it, it's tough because you're saying, well, you know, you can't fix the person. This is something that they're just off and there's no way you can possibly get them better and they do their 20 years but then now you put them out into the community but how do you how do you assure the community that this person is safe they've got a gps system that's on there and people in the the meeting wanted to know okay so how quickly does somebody react so you've got a gps system and you see you're monitoring him how soon does it take when does somebody get the call that the guy's outside the perimeter of the safe area where he's allowed to be? And how quickly do you respond to something like that? And how long does not, it take? Yeah. Right? Not very not very fast, I don't think. I don't know. It, depending on how many how many monitors they've got, how many ankle monitors they've got across the state. I, I mean, it, somebody could be gone for a while before they notice that they've either taken off the bracelet or that they've, you know, wandered off. I mean, I, I, that's not a guarantee that they're really being watched that closely or that they could apprehend them quickly enough. But you are basing that on an assumption that they're going to reoffend, And mm-hmm. you, you, you don't know if they are. I mean, I guess the same could be said for someone that is um, a carjacker or a murderer or anything else. Could they potentially reoffend or do the same crime twice? It is a lot more... Uh, I think that there's there's many many studies to suggest that the kind of behavior that that they're driven to to um, to do is 
is compulsive. It is a compulsive disease in a lot of cases. So the likelihood of them reoffending is higher than than someone else. But you can't. I don't think you can uh, prevent people from getting out of custody if it if it's their you know their time is up. It it is very very hard. I'm sure for these parents and and for anybody in the community worried about it. It's very difficult for them to you know figure out how they can mitigate this. Mm. I. If if the state is transparent, and then I talked to a couple of legislators and they were saying that what happened was when the government locked everything down and the governor was in charge of the entire state because he was the only one that could save anybody's life for more than 900 days, they said a lot of this stuff kind of went by without a whole a lot of people aware of it, didn't know about it. If the community is not told ahead of time that's the thing that gets them really upset so when you come back in we want to be as transparent as possible people say it's too late for that you should have been transparent when you told us this was when why didn't anybody tell us this was happening when did you post this i know that's what happened in tonino people said nobody told us we didn't know this was happening all of a sudden we find out later on that there's this house so i'm sure those people there in enumclaw are going to be protesting out in front of that home probably for Many, many days until they get some reassurance. And I don't know what kind of reassurance you would get from the state that this gentleman who is a level three sex offender and has an ankle bracelet on and can you cut the thing off? They said, well, there's there are no tools that you could get in the home. Um, part of the other problem is, is that there's somebody who's supposed to go and check on him. It was Miss Rockwell's son uh, who apparently had been charged with rape and i think they dropped the charges down to something else but he was someone who's supposed to be checking on the home three times a week and they're saying well that doesn't seem right you've got somebody that already has a a criminal history and i think part of the law is that whoever is checking or part of it a a chaperone or whatever cannot have a a criminal background so again People are upset. They don't trust the government. They don't trust the organization. They don't trust the people sitting there telling them, you know, don't worry, you're going to be perfectly fine. Um, and now you'll find more of these communities starting to figure out that uh, I think King County gets 64 of them, and then they spread them out. I think Kittitas mm-hmm. will get three or something. So they're spreading them out throughout the entire state. But uh, there are a number. I think Drew um, – Strokesbury, yeah. yeah. I try to get him on. He might be coming on Friday to talk about it. I think he's got a bill. He's trying to get some adjustments on this thing as well. So, hi, yi, yi. I don't know. You know, you can look it up online. You can find out if you've got a sex offender living in your general area. Um, and then it's not that hard to see how many of them are around you. But I think those isn't aren't those because if you look on, if you put in any zip code, you're going to find there are. You know, uh, many, many. It, but is that just the sexual offender registry? Because that can be um, just anybody that's on the registry, right? It's not necessarily having to do with children. Not that, not that any of it's better. But I'm just right. saying that it, it is. It is a. I think a they get them all big... level two, and is it one, two, and three, or all have to register, and you have to know that they're there? Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, it's shocking to see any place you go it's shocking to see how many people are on the registry and how close they are uh to to people Mm -hmm. 
I have to believe as a Christian there is redemption, but then you also have to believe that sometimes it's just physical and mental damage that's done so early on to these people. Whatever happened to this guy when he was a little, little kid, I'm sure it permanently, well, we do know, it damages them permanently to the point of beyond uh, rehabilitation. So do you just keep somebody like that and on, on an island away from everybody for the rest of their their natural life? Is that what you end up doing? Just lock them away? A lot of people would say yes. Okay. All right. Hot take from Sherry right off the top. There you are. There you go. You know, Sherry, uh, everyone's, I, every day I get this, this day in history. And I, I normally don't click on it. I don't know how I got these emails. But I just, okay, fine. So I clicked on it. It was on this day in 1945 that the famous photograph, the quintessential photograph that was um, seen around the world and that was probably the photo of World War II and the Battle of World War II, and it was Iwo Jima and that famous flag raising. And I thought, well, this is fascinating. And I got up early and I thought, I'm going to just go down into the rabbit hole and see what I can learn about it. I, have you ever seen the beautiful statue? You must have seen it there in Washington, D.C., right? It was in Arlington or D.C. It must be over in, it's, it's probably in, in the Virginia side. In yeah, Roslyn, it's in, yeah. It's yeah. Roslyn. And I used to have a friend who lived, um, I think it was the Highland House. I can't remember what the, what the apartment building was right behind it. And every 4th of July, uh, we would watch the fireworks go off. Um, in D.C. from her balcony, and it was right, mm -hmm. the statue was right there. I mean, it was amazing. Yeah. It's oh. an absolutely beautiful statue. Yeah. So this small island known as Sulphur Island, we bombed the hell out of it for as long as we possibly could uh, because we knew the Japanese had been in there for a long time. We needed that island because it allowed us to be able to use the aircraft uh, landing area. We were able to refuel, and our bombers were able to go in there. So it was a strategic little rock in the middle of the world and the americans needed it Seventy thousand marines hit the beach there were eighteen thousand japanese that were dug in they had tunnels and basically once you hit the water's edge they were just picking people off altogether i believe seven thousand soldiers and marines were lost uh 200 or 22 or 24 thousand uh ended up uh, being wounded, uh, the Japanese, many of them took their own life. Only 200 and some were taken as prisoners of war, but I think they lost total amount of close to 18,000. So it was unbelievably bloody, and it lasted about six weeks, and it was probably the, it was the biggest loss the Marines had ever had. So this island being fought um, uh, over for that amount of time. And the photographer, uh, Joe Rosenthal, was working for AP, and he talked about what it took for him to get the photo. Um, and again, it was on this day back in 1945 that he was able to get that photo. And in order to get ashore from there, Bill and I had to make two transfers. We got into one boat, and then we got onto the back of an LCT, the front of which was on the shore. But we were toward the northern part of the island, just under Suribachi. And as we clambered aboard there, Bill said, what was that, what was that? And the bosun said they heard over the radio that there was a, a group going up or had gotten up to the top with the American flag. And my response was, what the hell you say in, in four days or less than five days? Didn't think of, in view of all the, the 
all the carnage and stuff. It was fr front lines were moving sometimes by inches, measured by inches, not by yards. Uh, sometimes it would recede. Well, anyway, that all of that stuff is in the background of my mind. Well, I got ashore and I knew I was late, of course. And uh, uh, Bill and I tiptoed our way. Bill said he heard that that uh, there was they had captured a Japanese at the base of the Raji down on the bottom. I said, well, I'm I'm more interested in trying to get some marker on this battle. Uh, that's all I thought of. It, it was an important marker that meant turn of the battle. That part was taken. And this part, they could all wheel around together and go toward the northern widening part of the island. So Joe makes his way up there, by the way. Dave Marine just wrote to me, Marines are not soldiers. <clears throat> okay, Dave, thank you. This is even warned. So this young AP photographer... He's carrying his equipment, stepping over just bodies everywhere as he's making his way up to the top because he hears that there's an American flag and he wants to try to get that And then I estimated where they would be, where the flag would be, how tall is this thing. Well, I, I being already built close to the ground in height, this foot and a half gave me just enough uh, clearance. I, Again, these were the things that you chance. I swung my graphic around close up to my face and held it, watching through the finder, see when I could estimate what's the peak of the picture. And I thought it should look good. And I had no, I wasn't referring to, uh, even in my own mind, first, the importance of first flag, second flag, whatever number you want to assign to a flag, or whether one was more realistic than another or what it represented. But rather, I wanted a flag going up on evil. He mentions the two flags here. There's a smaller flag that was up there, but then somebody said, there's a bigger flag. We found a bigger flag. Let's put that one up. So he's able to get that photograph of the bigger flag going up. When I look at a copy of that picture, myself. I don't know, almost invariably I see D-Day. I see what it took out of a lot of young men to get to that point. And I feel a strange kind of, yes, as a, I'm as egocentric, I think, as any news photographer. Uh, I feel a gratification that the use of the picture in general has been very good uses. Uh, but I see what had to be gone through before those Marines with that flag or with any flag got up to the top of that mountain and secured the highest point, the most important point perhaps in the, in the whole, entire battle, uh, most important ground to be taken 
bias those Marines. Here's the crazy part of the story. I didn't know this. So Joe takes the photo, then he puts the film in and sends it off. He doesn't realize two days later it's printed, front page. Someone says to him, hey, did you stage that? And he thought they were talking about the photo that he took with all of the Marines standing around the flag. Mm-hmm. And he That's goes, right. yeah, I staged that. Well, then word got out that he had staged it. So then Life magazine, somebody from Life or some uh, someone told, hey, I've got a great scoop for you. Because this this photograph had just seared in the memory of every single person in the world. And then this person said, hey, Life, i got a story for you. The thing was staged. The whole thing was staged. Well, then AP and Life, and AP was going to sue Life magazine because they find out later on it wasn't staged. Because Joe said, if I was going to stage a photo, I would have had them facing me. They all faced away. The six Marines faced away. Uh, three of them died in the battle after raising the flag. Um, and then the other three went on. And the other wild, strange twist, Ira Hayes, a Native American who was one of the Marines that held the flag up, he did not want his name. He didn't want anybody to know his name. He didn't want any recognition. Very, very shy person. And they got one of the Marines to come in and say, tell us the name of the other one. Who is the other one? And they released his name, and then he became famous. And then, you know, he would travel around and do this and do that. But it was too much for him. The PTSD was too much for him. He started drinking. And he ended up um, drinking himself to death uh, back in some small town. I think it was out in Arizona or New Mexico. And he was found dead in a ditch. Um from exposure and from alcohol. And then Johnny Cash ended up writing a song about it. But it's just one moment and then all the lives. Yeah, just, he, he did. He wasn't comfortable being a hero. He didn't like to be called that. Um, and it, it got to him and he felt like I think he probably had a lot of survivor's guilt, too, because some of the other guys in that photo died. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. He just, you know, he did not want the attention. Didn't want the attention at all, and Johnny Cash played that song. That Bob Dylan covered it. Everybody covered it. It was the ballot, the ballad of of uh, Ira Hayes, and it's it's chilling. So this day, there it is. When you see the photo, you know what happened behind the scenes. It really that brings it to a a whole never another level. And for my buddy Dave, okay, Dave, you can stop texting me. Marines are not soldiers. You've been warned. He's still correcting you. No, but I just repeated again on the air. Semper Fi, Dave. All right, because every year he's like, hey, hey, on your little fart show you do, why don't you tell everybody uh, it's Marine's birthday? I'm like, okay, okay. all right. So, thank you, Dave. Um, there we go. Uh, the Ballad of Ira Hayes tells the whole story. Looking up subscriptions. Are you a Netflix subscriber? Because apparently they just 11 hours ago, they cut their subscription fees in 30 different countries. Netflix did. How about that? Huh? How it, it is the United States one of the countries, I hope? Uh, well, I don't know. Let's see. By the way, they also are cracking down on people that share. They said they're going to stop that. It's that we kind of let people go for that for a while. And they decided, they, nope, 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 nope. Yeah, the ever-growing, okay, reducing the fees. Wow, but cutting them, I assume. Oh, wait, wait. Middle Eastern countries, Yemen, Jordan, 
Libya, Iran, mm-hmm. um, parts of Africa, Kenya, European country. No, sorry, Sherry. Not on the list. <laughs> okay. All right, then. It's a list story. moving to John, Yemen, though. List stories. What are you, what are you doing? You can't <laughs> do what, that's not a list story. It's not a list story. <laughs> We're bringing this up because uh, how would you like to get a subscription to something like a fast food restaurant? Huh? And you could go in anytime you want. See? <laughs> well, well, it doesn't, I mean, you can go anytime you want anyway, but. but <laughs> no, but the, you, go, the, you go any, no, but you, the, yeah, yeah, but you, you, uh, you got a subscription. Well, the subscriptions offer a few perks. Um, people are trying it out. Restaurants are trying it out, like Panera, P.F. Chang's. Um, they said that the average American has about 6.7 subscriptions right now. Uh, that's up from 4.2 in 2019. They don't really specify what those subscriptions are, if they're you know, Netflix or uh, uh, you know, newspapers, whatever it is. But I guess the mm-hmm. point is that people are like the subscription concept. So... For instance, P.F. Chang's for six ninety nine a month, you get free delivery. Um, uh-huh. Taco Bell, they have the $10 Taco Loves Pass. You get a taco every day for a month. Mm-hmm. Uh, Panera. I'd like to have a free- love pass. Yeah, that sounds like a really good idea. Uh, having nothing to do with Taco Bell. Um, Panera. <laughs> um, also known as a hall pass. Right. Uh, free coffee and tea for eight ninety nine a month. So, you know, and then there are other places that do things like if you go to, uh, you know, there's certain local restaurants and if you subscribe, they'll deliver, uh, you know, two meals a month for free, that type of thing. So is do you kind of break even on it? If you use it enough, I suppose that you come out ahead, but you'd really have to like that restaurant and want to eat that food regularly or or drink the coffee or the tea to make it worthwhile. Yeah, exactly. And they know. They get your money up front. You forget that you're paying. It's such a small amount. You stop going. Whenever we used to go to this buffet, all you can eat, I said, guys, I'd say to my kids, hurt them in the shrimp. Hurt them in the shrimp area. And, we, you know, whatever it was. They're the most expensive thing. Don't let them get you the cheese. Don't let get over. Go, hurt them in the shrimp. So we would look at the buffet. You pay all the money. And then we just, nope, don't fill up on any junk. No, no bread, no nothing. Just all get the most expensive thing and fill your plate. Keep going back. Don't feel it. Get back in there. Quit. Get back in there. <laughs> I, heard him on. Heard him on the heavy stuff. I never. I never like buffets. First of all, they're gross, and people touch the food and they lick the ladles. But I also. I don't eat no, that. No way. No one licks the ladle. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. They you know, you do keep, not. No. 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 You can see kids like a salad dressing ladle. They lick it and then they put it back in the thing. Oh. Gross. Yeah. No way. It could happen. You know it can happen. I always test the sneeze guard by sneezing on it just to see. Okay. Uh, Mike. Okay. You're making my point. Thank you. <laughs> Anything else? Anybody? Before I throw it over to Nate over there? The <laughs> no. Beat? no? You want to make up any more stories about kids licking ladles? I, I read that somewhere. And oh. you, know, you, you, you know you can believe everything you read, so it is Absolutely. true. Absolutely. You want to take it to the bank.